This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Marketing Geeks is back. Is it time again? Marketing Geeks in the house! I'm Andrew Sturgeon. And Justin Womack. Here from Camarillo, California. And from the Netherlands. <laughs> but we are in the same part of your ear hole right now. And we are real. We are real marketing geeks. Not the fake ones you read about on you read about things on TV? Yeah, we're not the fake ones. That's right. Welcome, everybody. And uh, here we are. And thank you for everyone who has uh, been tuning in, all of our seven listeners. we got quite a show for you tonight. In the next hour, we're going to go over all sorts of manner of things. We're going to talk about geek news, including uh, how Disney handles reputation management. We uh, are going to get into the latest uh, controversy with Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to talk about a uh, the uh, Google tracking and what they're doing about uh, that. Uh, Justin's going to give his Movie Pass update, aren't you? That's right. And don't forget, we still have our weekly sex robot report. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's right, our sex robot report. And we have a special guest continuing on our whole LinkedIn thing. We've got a very special guest. Uh, and that special guest is going to be a surprise in a little bit. We'll get into that. But uh, we have an actual HR person that's going to tell everybody what HR people look for when they are – uh, looking for people to hire um, and using LinkedIn, so we're going to we're going to get deep into that. But starting off, I'd want to give a bunch of shout outs to our seven listeners because, uh, <laughs> man, we have had. First of all, again, thank you for everyone who attended the webinar. We are gearing up to do another free webinar for everybody, and uh, that next webinar is going to be a big surprise. We're not going to tell you what it is, but it is going to be already, awesome. I think we already told them what it was, but, oh, but it's a surprise. Did we? Did we? Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it will be a surprise once you realize how awesome it is. Yeah, if you want so, to know what it is, go back and listen to our prior episode because we're not going to tell you again. That's right. Sick. That's right. we got better things to do than repeat ourselves. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, first of all, uh, we've had some people ask us some questions and we are, you know, part of our job here is to answer your questions and we want to get this as real time as possible. So a couple of people have reached out to us on LinkedIn, which is really awesome. Told us how much they love the show. And, uh, if you do love the show, then there is one way you can support the show because we, do this not because we get paid a bucket of money for it, but because we love you. And the best way you could show that you love us is to donate to our show. That's right. We are holding out the hat and panhandling at this moment. And now I'm done. So <laughs> but the beauty um, is that if uh, so, if anyone does uh, take the plunge and decides to uh, throw in ninety nine cents or four ninety nine for us, uh, we we would love you for it. But here's what we're gonna do. So we're going to be doing about a webinar a month. That's kind of our plan. We'll be releasing a new webinar, content webinar each month. Uh, for the subscribers that are uh, that donate to the show, we are going to guarantee you a recording of all of the webinars along with some other supplemental content. And, uh, and we're probably 
uh, going to open up a few exclusive group calls in the near future as well. So there's going to be some bonuses for anyone that wants to to get in on this uh, on this donate path. Uh, but this is not about that. This is about giving content to you. This is about giving value to our seven listeners. And yeah, absolutely. So show. first of all, uh, someone reached out to you with a question, right? That's right. Yeah, we got an email from uh, Shiri Mandaba. Who asked? Um, who had attended our LinkedIn webinar and asked, "What advice?" Let me. Hold on, let me get into the the question voice. What advice would you have for a fifty year old entrepreneur who wants to shut down his business and go back to working as a project manager? So I, I've I've got one question uh, for for uh, Shiri. Is is this? Um, uh, basically what you're asking is if I want to give up working 40 hours a week so I could work 80 hours a week, what's the best way to do that? And the answer is start your own business. So that's, uh, that's the reverse of what he's asking. No, he, he, he's a 50 year old. Oh, he wants to give up his, he wants to give up 80 hours a week to work for in order to work 40 hours a week. That's the answer right there. Uh, well, first of all, you know, I mean, that's the trade-off is, is, is like when you're, when you're in running your own business, which Justin and I have done for years, uh, it's a hustle. I mean, you've got to hustle all the time. And, uh, and that's what I, that's the joke is that, you know, entrepreneurs are people who work 80 hours a week, so they don't have to work 40. Um, and it's, you know, admittedly it is, it is, it is kind of hard when you're 50. I'm closer to 50 than not at this point. And so when when I look for new opportunities, because a lot of people want these young ideas, uh, there is something to be said about having a lot of wisdom. And so it's something to be said about presenting yourself as someone who can teach those young bucks a thing or two without being <laughs> arrogant about it, but really showing like, hey, I've got, I've got a, a huge background and this is what I've learned. Now, one of the problems with people who are Gen Xers and above um, is that, and, and you know, Gen Xer is uh, people who were born around 1970, uh, like I was, is that is that they they tend to rest on their past success. So the best thing I could say for you, Sherry, is that what you need to do is, is you need to show that not only do you have vast wisdom with what you have previously done, but you need to also show that you know what the current trends are. And that's where LinkedIn learning will be very helpful to you. So if you have a paid LinkedIn account, make sure that you go in and you just kind of learn the latest jargon, the latest things, latest now, Hunter, techniques. We have, a, we have an HR person in the house right now. And I'm wondering if she would be willing to give her two cents on this question, because we're talking about somebody that's been working as an entrepreneur for a, a lengthy period of time now that wants to get back into the workforce. And so as an HR person, what would you be looking for in terms of like, what would make them relevant to the workforce again? That That's a really good question. But before we begin, I want to introduce our guest. Uh, that's a good idea. Because, that's a good idea. Yes. So we don't just throw somebody on here. Uh, this is uh, uh, Iris Garris. Uh, and uh, she is the HR, the head of HR for a multinational corporation that has offices in China and Mexico and the U.S. and here in the Netherlands, very big company, and she handles all of the HR uh, for all of these companies. But not only that, uh, she also has run her own business for several years. She understands the nature of being an entrepreneur, but she also understands how to be an entrepreneur in Europe. So she has this really interesting perspective. And, uh, and so it, we are very lucky because one of the reasons I wanted to bring her on as a guest is because we talk a lot about how to find a job with LinkedIn and how to present yourself, but we haven't had anybody who talks about the other side of that, the HR perspective. And there is no one more knowledgeable that I have ever met more than Iris. And so without further ado, I would like to introduce Iris G. Here she is. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you, Andros, for your nice uh, introduction. Um, hi, Justin. Hi. Nice to meet you. Um, a very good question. What I think uh, people from a certain age, 45, 50, do is they think they are too old. And actually, we as HR people 
uh, we are fond of people that are elder and uh, have a lot of experience. So uh, what I think you should do is uh, make clear what is all the extra knowledge, all the extra things you bring to the workplace when you're older. So, so would you say that there's, do you, I mean, when you're considering hiring somebody, would you say that there's a little bit of ageism that goes, I mean, like, how do you view somebody who's like, are they too young? Are they too old? Is there, does that cross your mind or, or do you really look at like the skill set that these people have? Like, how does that affect your hiring decision usually? Uh, for me, I look at the skill set. I look at the experience. I think it's a great benefit when you are a little bit older, you are able to teach younger people to have special skills. Um, so you don't see it, you don't really see it a problem to that like you don't really count age when you when you hire somebody. That's not part of your like decision. Not at all. Really? Okay. So, no. so what, hold on, I want to ask you a question here. So, cause part of this question is two parts here. There's the age. And then the other part is that he was an entrepreneur. So he wasn't working a corporate job recently. So if you, if you're coming from being your own, you know, being a business owner, what kind of, uh, what would, what would be best to share with an HR manager, um, regarding your, um, the fact that you own your own business, what kind of metrics, what kind of stats, what would you be looking for? Um, that would impress you since this is a person that's been a business owner for the last uh, several years? Well, for me, I would look, I would look at uh, the resume at like what customers did this person, this person serve. I would look at, uh, you know, the, the big uh, advantage of entrepreneurs is they're self-starters. They, they really n know how to achieve things, how to uh, build a network, um, work with sev several people. So you don't have to tell them what to do. So they, they you know that they're going to like just get to work. Well, get the uh, whole idea of being too old out of your head because that's something that you tell yourself. At this moment, the labor market is very tense. So we are very glad to find people with special skills, with good behavior. Actually, we look more at behavior than at skills. Uh, so uh, skip this whole I'm too old thing and emphasize in your resume, in your interview, all the benefits you bring from being an, an entrepreneur. So you're being commercial, you're being a self-starter, uh, you know how to get your assignments and you know how to do your business. And the big advantage of being an entrepreneur is that you know things about finance, uh, about being a, a commercial pe person. You bring your own skills from your own profession. So it's much broader than just being on the same job for 30 years. Oh, that's interesting. Now, it, I, I guess what to to put it uh to distill it down it's kind of like you have to have an element of what they call bde which is known as uh as the young people say that's big dick energy you just walk into a room wow. and you're just like yep wow. i got a big dick this was like such a high level conversation and then and then it just bam and then, I, then I had to open my <laughs> damn mouth and that is par for the course with me uh, but, but, but so, so, but, but that, but that does, but, but basically what I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's not really about the age, it's the attitude that really matters, right? Definitely. Okay. So, so what, what, so the answer to, to the long winded answer to Sherry, uh, Sherry's question is what, what would you have for a 50 year old? And it's really, you, you go into it with just like the attitude rules. The attitude is the thing. Um, and so that, that brings us to one of our other well, seven as listeners. An author, as an entrepreneur, she also mentioned that, you know, talk about your former clients. So if you worked with some big companies, bring them in because um, as an entrepreneur, you have a well-rounded skill set. I mean, if you're running your own business or you're leading a, uh, a company, you've developed a lot of skills. So there's a lot of experience and a lot of value in that. So, uh, yeah, the age is wisdom and the entrepreneur background shows that you're capable of uh, doing great things. So that's, I think that's yeah, a great that, way to wrap that and up. And it's really about owning it. So, so then the next question, and this is, this is uh, for you, Iris, uh, is that, okay, so I'm an entrepreneur, right? And I want to close my business and now go to work. What is the most effective answer you could give? Because for me, what the general answer I would give is, well, being an entrepreneur is a lonely life and I'm ready to work with a dynamic team. 
I want to do, I want to work on like larger projects. What, what is a, is that, I mean, you shook your head when I said that, what, what do you think is a good answer for somebody? If you ask that question, why do you want to shut down your business and come work for us? What, what do you, what do you say? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think to start with, um, be authentic and be transparent about your reasons, but don't share everything. The most important thing is bring on the table just what you bring. Of course, they will ask, why are you shutting down your business? Was it was it not running well? Uh, and I think you should avoid that and say, yeah, it was running great, but now I want to bring all the skills and everything I learned back to your business because your position is so interesting that I would really bring everything I've learned back to this company. Okay. So basically you would say like, again, this goes back to your state of mastery. Like, okay, so I've, I've developed a state of mastery through the years and I, I'm, I am now ready to take that mastery. My, my swords are sharp and I'm ready to serve you uh, in a sense. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. This position is so interesting and I'm ready to do it now. Okay. Okay. Um, well, another question that I got, um, one of our seven listeners, uh, Robert Van, uh, reached out to us and said, uh, I just listened to the podcast on LinkedIn. So helpful. I was laid off from my job in January and I'm setting up for my next adventure. So, uh, this, this is a question that, uh, before I give her bad advice, you know, first of all, thank you, Roberta, for listening to the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, I see, you know, you, you have some, a lot of experience. Uh, one of the things I noticed is that there's a gap in some of like when you were laid off in January to now, what I was going to advise her. So tell me if this is the correct answer. Uh, so lucky we have an HR person right here. Uh, this is cool. This is cool uh, because now I'm not just giving out dumb advice, <laughs> you know. The, so, so the advice well, that I was you are. I am. Well, that's you know. Again, I just all I need to do is open my mouth. Uh, the advice I was going to give her was just say that you've been consulting for various businesses between now and then. So, is it is it if you have a gap in your employment, is it? okay to say, well, I got laid off and then I just did various consulting jobs and I was consulting for my state of mastery. Is that fair to do or is that a bit uh, a, a bit of puffery, as they say? Or you could say you sat on your couch and played PlayStation 6 all Which day. is definitely more accurate, but, uh, but what would, what would, what, what's more hireable? Iris? Um. I think it's uh, – I, I, I can only speak for hiring in the Netherlands uh, at this moment. Um, it's not strange when you were be at home for half a year. Uh, you could say I had a sabbatical. I did a study. I needed time to spend with my family because it was, uh, it was the opportunity, just – just a moment. Um, in the Netherlands, in the Netherlands, actually, you can say everything. Yeah. yeah, it's it's true. The Netherlands is kind of a unique case because they actually give people time off here. In fact, yeah. by law, they they have to. You have to take time off. You have to. In fact, if you if you if you go into work when and not take your vacation, the company can get fined. So it's, but even better it's than like that, every- Andres, in the United States, uh, we talk about it. So we talk about the idea yeah. that that might happen one day, and that's that's even yeah. better than really doing it. People, people get maternity leaves. Fathers get maternity leaves here, uh, don't they? Well, uh, they do, two days. <laughs> well, uh, we're about to change the law. But in Scandinavia, for instance, uh, dads get uh, months off. Wow. Wait yeah. a minute. We're not in Scandinavia? We're not. Where's Scandinavia? Sweden, Norway. I thought I thought we were that counted. Don't doesn't the Netherlands count? <laughs> what do I know? I'm a dumb American. So um, not even close. <laughs> so so uh, so the, to answer your question, Roberta. So I it, it it's I I personally would say since you're in America, I would personally say uh, you should you should just say I'm, I've been consulting for various 
companies and I'm, I'm freelancing right now, but I'm ready to work with a team. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just put a gap there. I would put that you're constantly working. So it doesn't look like you've been sitting on your couch, smoking weed. Uh, not, not that you do. I, I'm just, I'm just thinking about like, what I would do if I had no job. You're projecting. Yeah, I am projecting. Do, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, now I have a question. Do HR people in the, uh, in the United States don't do a background check? Because that's what oh, we do. would do. Yeah, it depends on the job. It depends on the job. But, you know, we have, mostly... we absolutely do background checks. And a lot of times they'll do drug testing too. Um, so uh, Andres might be in a little bit of trouble there if he's uh, if he's really doing what he says he's doing. Nope, I always carry around a little vial of piss right in my pocket just in case. I actually, I actually, uh, uh, funny story. This is absolutely true. I worked for uh, for those of you who don't know, I worked for the most loved company in America. It rhymes with Comcast, and uh, one of the guys I worked with got fired. And the reason why he got fired is because he was sitting at his desk and he had a big sneeze and he smacked his head on the table and right on the corner and cut his forehead open. And so uh, the his boss told him he had to go immediately because if you get cut on any level, you have to go immediately and file a report and then they give you a drug test if you get hurt uh, in any way. And a few days before, he had smoked some weed with his friends. And so they had to give him a piss test and he got fired. Well, <laughs> that's, that's a true story. Sneezing, sneezing can be dangerous. Um, so exercise caution if you have to sneeze. Or hold it. Just hold it in, man. That's right. That's right. Okay, so just, Roberta, the answer to your question is uh, just put your consultant and uh, keep yourself busy by learning some new skills that will also make you more hireable while you're waiting. So you can come back and be like, you know, over the past few months, I also learned all these other things. So it, it shows that you're like a go-getter. It shows that you're, you know, you have some responsibility. And also, Roberta, you know, why not look into starting your own business? I recommend that everyone create their own LLC anyway for tax purposes might be a good idea. We're probably going to do a whole show on that. At some point, I want to talk about how I used my American company to get me a work permit so I could stay permanently here in the Netherlands. That's a whole other uh, show. But I think a few shout outs to the listeners. Awesome. Uh, Josh Dekel, filmmaker extraordinaire who uh, has made a, uh, a incredible documentaries. He won Sundance for fuel and uh, he's uh, he's a, Brilliant filmmaker. He has a new book coming out uh, called Kiss the Ground and a movie of the same name. Big fan of our show. I want to give a, a shout out to uh, Angela Schrock, who reached out to you, Justin, right? Yeah, she just uh, she mentioned that she was a fan of the show and was getting a lot of value out of the show. So uh, thank you, Angela. Yeah, so uh, keep listening. And for each and every one of you, just make sure that you go out and tell 5,000 of your closest friends how great we are. So uh, now we are going to get into some geek news. So, so, woo! so, uh, so to get to get started on geek news, I wanted to talk about uh, a story that actually ties right into the HR HR here because we're talking about the firing of James Gunn, and we've talked about this a little bit before. Um, but James Gunn actually had a sit down meeting with the current president of Disney. I forget his name right now. Um, and they were they put on the table the idea of rehiring James Gunn to Guardians of the Galaxy three. So if you don't know the story, James Gunn was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy three. He directed Guardians of the Galaxy one and two, uh, and he was fired after a series of tweets were unearthed by a um, who was the guy that unearthed them on us? You tell me who that guy was. It, it was a, it was an alt right uh, activist and who basically decided that he wanted to, uh, as he put it, get a scalp because he talked negatively about Donald Trump. So because he tweeted negatively about Donald Trump, he decided to go through 10 years worth of tweets until he found something that was rather incriminating, bring it to light, make a big deal out of it um, because Roseanne had just been fired for doing negative tweets. Also by Disney because she was on ABC. She was on ABC owned by Disney. That's right. And so uh, what happened, I'm assuming, this is just what I'm assuming, and, and uh, because there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the, in the back rooms of all of this stuff. Disney, of course, is about to have this major acquisition. They're about to 
uh, acquire Fox, which is going to be good for all you uh, MCU fans. That stands for Marvel Cinematic Universe, because they uh, the 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 Marvel brand will now have ownership of X Men and the Fantastic Four again, and Deadpool, and uh, all of these properties. And Deadpool, so they can start integrating it into the larger MCU, which will be wonderful uh, for us. I mean, to me, that's like, who cares if it's a corporate monopoly? As long as I can get X-Men and Fantastic Four along with the Avengers in one film. And we talked about how Disney's launching Disney's launching a, a Netflix rival. They're launching their own streaming service. So they'll now they'll have a huge library of movies to add to it from all the Fox movies too. That's right. And all of this stuff has to go through the FCC. It has to be there's you know, and who's controlling the FCC right now? Well that's going to be Donald Trump and his uh, and his people. So so the problem here is this is that if they hired James Gunn back then what would happen inevitably is that they could jeopardize the entire merger of Fox and Disney. They could jeopardize having their own streaming service. They could jeopardize a lot of other properties that they have because some right-wing activists would basically get up in arms and say, well, you fired Roseanne, but you're keeping this guy. But So it would be it would suddenly turn into a political firestorm. So somebody somewhere sat down with a calculator and they said, well, Guardians of the Galaxy ultimately may not make as much money as it normally would. People are going to go see it anyway. And if we have to reboot the entire franchise because we have a bunch of you know disgruntled people who are just doing the money, doing the, the movie for a paycheck – then that's what we're going to have to do ultimately because the uh, at the end of the day, we want this merger to go through. So I think what happened was although they wanted to hire James Gunn back, they knew that if they did, it would create a firestorm and probably affect them financially on a grander scale. So, Iris, uh, what do you think? Did, did, did stuff like that happen in the – That, ladies and gentlemen, was another Andro Sturgeon conspiracy theory. Although I don't think that was really a conspiracy theory. I think that was just that was just like what happened. I don't know. Well, that, might, know? that might be exactly what happened, but we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. I don't know any of those people. But, uh, you know, if we could get a quote from one of those people, then I will, uh, I will definitely uh, do that. But in the, uh, in the meantime, uh, that is our, uh, our report for – Let's talk about HR though. So uh, yeah. do you think – as an HR person, Iris, um, and you, if you were to discover that one of your employees was – was tweeting some pretty dark things. Now, um, now the the excuse that he gave was, and I think, and I actually think that this is an honest excuse, was that he just has a dark sense of humor and he was making some pretty dark jokes, and they're they're pretty dark. Um, but I mean, I understand that some people have dark senses of humor. Yeah, and and, 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 uh, and just for the record, James Gunn is not a pedophile. He's just a crappy comedian. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I think. That's what I believe. Yes. So the question is: Is that I mean, really? Is is the is it too risky to a corporate yeah. culture? Is it I mean, why why fire a guy over a tweet from ten years ago? Um, any, what do you think? Uh, well, it when it was ten years ago, it's pretty difficult to uh, have a, build a build a case around that. Uh, I know in our company, which is an American listed company uh we can definitely not send out tweets with uh bad information about the company or about the ceo or whatever uh actually it's in all of our contracts that uh we should be careful what we mention on social media so so let me ask you this so let's say hypothetically that you were going to like there, there was a possibility that you were going to open up a new factory in, say, uh, Terzmerzerstan. And in Terzmerzerstan, there's a, uh, a president who doesn't like anything being said about him. And you have one employee that 10 years ago said something bad about that president of Terzmerzerstan. Would you fire that employee if someone from Terzmerzerstan – said, we don't like that, and the deal to open the factory may not happen because you have this employee. What would you do in that particular circumstance? Well, we HR people always uh, look at the law. <laughs> so in that case, uh, I don't know the law in uh, Tushmunistan. 
but uh, I know the law in the Netherlands and uh, pretty much about uh, the law in the United States. Besides the law, I think uh, it's not doable to help somebody in the company because um, there's so much fuss about somebody who did something like that. So, um, but this is like, I mean, it's interesting because this was like 10 years previous. And, and so this gets into a much larger thing before about he was hired, hired. Yeah, before he yeah. was ever hired. So that, yeah. that's a good point to make. So this gets into, and the reason why this ties into marketing is because market part of marketing is of course, reputation management. Yes. When I used to do these talks about, uh, the difference between McDonald's and Chipotle, because Chipotle had this story that they told with their brand, which was about, you know, that it was fresh, that it was like localized. And now whenever I say Chipotle, you can't help but think, you know, E. coli. So, so reputation management is, is extremely important with these sort of things. And that's, of course, what Disney was thinking about, both when they fired Roseanne. And, I ate Chipotle last night. For the, rec- for the record, I had Chipotle last night. And how's the E. coli going? Not so well. Not so well. Okay. Man, it's, uh, uh, that'll learn you. That'll learn I'll you. Give you. I'll give you more but, details uh, later. Stand by. <laughs> but, uh, but, but so, so the question is when it, when it comes to marketing, part of marketing is reputation management. How could you – like right now people are leaving Facebook because the reputation has been hurt. So, so when you're doing certain marketing, part of what you have to do is you have to make sure that the story you're telling is consistent. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about the uh, – uh, the nature of Steve Jobs and his uh, his reputation and how he didn't even want to acknowledge his daughter because he felt that it would ruin his reputation on some level. So, uh, so, so that's why it's so important. Like, you know, watch what you tweet, and and I, I think it's not going to matter as much because you've got so many idiot people who are just tweeting whatever. And I think people, you know, especially younger people, as they get into the workforce, they're not going to. It's not going to matter as much, but if you have an employee who says something dumb as hell, uh, you're you may you may get fired. So that's why Rain Johnson went back and deleted twenty thousand of his tweets. You know, uh, and and too bad he can't delete the last movie he made. <laughs> unfortunate, unfortunate. From all like of that. our memories. <laughs> So uh, anyway, interesting thing. We'll keep you posted on what happens. But um, you know, all of the Guardians of the Galaxy cast and crew are very upset that James Gunn has been let go. And now there's a question on whether or not they're even going to do the movies. Uh, Dave Bautista even said that he wants out of his contract. So now, well, uh, the most recent the most recent update that I read was that they uh, Disney did agree to use the James Gunn script. That's what I, I just read that hmm. this happened this week. So they're going to use the James Gunn script, which. Uh, which should satisfy Dave Bautista to stay on the project, but you know he might phone in the performance. He could, you know, he might be uh, not as engaged as he normally would be since he's not going to be happy about it. So that's that's the risk: is are these guys going to phone in their performances now, or is this going to? I mean, is this even worth making still? Who knows? No, they're gonna they're gonna add an extra number to the check that they're gonna write to them, and then they'll be like, "Yeah, all of a sudden, I really like this idea." Just like you Daniel know? Craig yeah. and James Bond. That's right. <laughs> yeah, every 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 movie he every James Bond movie he does, he's like, "I'm never gonna do one of these again." And they're like, "All right, here's some more money for you." You know. <laughs> so uh, okay, so so moving right along, why don't you give us uh, your movie pass update? Yes, so uh, so movie pass, uh, and by the way, let me let me give a shout out to uh, Mitch Lowe, the uh, the CEO of Movie Pass, who has uh, found a way to be probably the worst CEO in the history of uh, mankind. But uh, it's <laughs> uh, the man. Uh, the man has taken. I, I think he he sold me a while ago. So he he would be pitching, and he, he sold me on the fact that he had a plan for this company, and I, I was actually kind of convinced about it because. The idea was that they were going to sell data to movie theaters, that they were collecting all this data, and that they would be able to sell tailored advertisements uh, for movies. And since they were buying something like, I think they, they disclosed they were buying like 20% of movie tickets for a while in the United States, uh, it made sense that people would pay them for advertising. So I, I saw the, the long-term plan unfolding. Uh, it turns out that, uh, that that was all crap. So all that was crap. And uh, they, they burned too much cash too quickly. Uh, maybe that would have worked had they, you know, had an extra hundred billion dollars to to sustain their losses. <laughs> but they uh, they ran out of money. 
And now their latest, uh, so their latest way of trying to save money is they're now limiting um, users to only be able to choose between two movies a day. So like yesterday, I had the option of going to see either Christopher Robin or um, or Crazy Rich Asians. Those were my two options yesterday, and uh, I chose to see neither neither film. Uh, but the but the point is, it used to be that I could go see a movie a day for thirty days. Wait, 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 wait! I just want to hit on that. Why would you not see that? Is that because you have a slightly racist feeling about talking bears? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, not not bears, not bears so much, but rabbits. Yeah, rabbits. I don't like rabbits. rabbits. Listen, they're rabbit Americans, buddy. Get with the program. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm trying to be more PC, all right? I'm trying. You know, or, or maybe maybe they're just like, there's like some animal fluidity. Like they identify as a rabbit, but sometimes they identify as a bear or they may have been born into a bear's body, but identify as a rabbit. Yeah, well, I, I will I will honor their uh, their specific pronouns. So if they want to, they want to be called... Or what is it? It's not a pronoun. I guess it's a species. species. It's a species. All right. Well, well, stop, well, I will honor stop, it. Stop right? being. I'm stop there. being. I'm on board. Species. If, like what, what? What would that be? Uh, that would be if you're if you're ageist or uh, spaces, species. Species. Which is also known as a as a as a spacey. Is is a spacey, which means that you're. You're just like done. Your career's over, and you have to go and hide under a rock until you're dead. That's right. You pulled a so, Kevin Spacey. Uh, you pulled a Kevin Spacey. <laughs> so, anyway, boy, this is devolving. So, so I, I just wonder, how much is your is your stock worth right now? Oh yes, that's a great, great question. The stock is uh, it's very valuable. Uh, my stock, which uh, I put a, a few hundred dollars into, um, it will that it's now trading at. Three and a half cents a share, but that's after a two hundred and fifty to one reverse stock split. So my my two hundred dollars is now worth uh, in the ballpark of like I don't know, like thirty five cents or something. So we're uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're getting you know it's not quite the return I was hoping for, but um, actually but it is. You know why? The opposite return. I mean, because I mean, I would love a one hundred percent return on my money, but to get a negative ninety nine percent. Um, you know, I had the right idea that this was a very polarizing stock. I just guessed wrong. <laughs> but how how many dollars worth of movies did you see? Well, not enough to cover my stock losses. See, uh, it would have been a valuable. Just say yes. Just, just say I did. Just say I did, and then you'll be happy. I did, and now I'm happy. Yay! <laughs> okay. Okay, everybody. Now is my favorite part of the show. That's right. It is time. For the Sex Robot Report. Ladies and gentlemen, my favorite part of the show. Iris, is this your favorite part of the show? It's my favorite part, too. <laughs> yeah, that's when you go over. I'm waiting for it every week. That's right, baby. This is it. Bring it on. We are going over the latest Sex Robot, robot News. All right, all right. Here we are. So, according to news.com.au... AU, that must be Australian. Sex robots could make for stronger relationships, a scientist claims. A Canadian scientist has claimed that sex robots may soon become of as a vital part of modern homes as microwave ovens serving as marriage aids, quote unquote, <laughs> and in and out of the bedroom. And when I say in and out... I mean, in and out of the so, bedroom. So what, how does a sex robot uh, operate out of the bedroom? Uh, are, are they going to be like cooking? I mean, what, what are they? What are they doing out of the bedroom? That's that's uh, that's an intriguing statement right there. That's got me thinking. What else can my sex robot do? To well, <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. If if like if if I got a sex robot and it's going to have sex with me and then clean my house, like, hey, like, okay, Iris. <laughs> She's waving her hand at me. No, no, let me. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. If you if you had a sex robot that would come in, whatever it does, and, and don't make me answer this question. No, <laughs> the question is, and then it cleans your house. It cleans your house, and it was cooked too, and it cooks too. I would love it. Yeah. So, so the. <laughs> 
Uh, so, so the guy so the says, whoever this doctor is is absolutely correct. He's obviously absolutely correct and brilliant. It's Dr. Marina Adeshade, uh, and he, uh, introducing sex robots into your bedroom could significantly improve marriage or relationships, a Canadian tech scientist claims. Dr. Marina Ashed, an expert in how technology and economics influence sex and love from the University of British Columbia, says that sex bots could become as important to married life as the controversy, as the conventional microwave oven. Well, let me tell you something. If I could have sex with my microwave oven, I would, I would definitely be eating a lot more now, popcorn. Let me ask you something. What if your what if your sex robot had a microwave oven built in? Oh! You could be cooking while you're... <laughs> Holy <laughs> smokes! Not only does it have a microwave oven in it and cook me popcorn, but it also has a PS3. Well, by that time, it'd be like a PS6 built it's into a PS7. I think they're already on four, so yeah. So three is yeah, already... Okay, so so a, PS, a PS7 built into its belly button, uh, and it cleans my house. Now that is a product... We are the wrong business, my friend. I want to go ahead and invent that. Uh, so let me ask you something. If uh, a sex robot came and looked for a job, Harris, uh, what kind of qualifications? I'm not going to have you answer that. I'm sorry. This is I just... already answered that. She did. If it can cook. She did. So basically, are sex robots going to be uh, as as like normal as the microwave oven? I say yes. I mean, I look, if if it gets that easy and it's that realistic and it cleans everything, uh, I think that uh, that would be it for human relationships. Yeah, it could be, but unless unless the sex robot uprising happens and they become self aware and try to kill us all, which could very well happen, because these poor sex robots, you know, they deserve rights too, right? Or do they not? I don't know. They unless deserve. unless they just they just like start doing little tiny protests, like they decide to cook my popcorn just a little too long, and then it's always burnt. Oh man, it's burnt. Oh, that's terrible. That'd be that'd be horrible. I know. I know. So much for that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our Sex Robot Report of the Week. Tune in next week when we will have another update from the Sex Robot Uprising. Well, that was quite that was quite a report. That was uh, some fascinating stuff happening in the world of sex robots. But let's get back I know. to the beauty of marketing in the world and HR and LinkedIn. And what are we talking about, Andres? What else is going on in the world today? I don't even I don't even know. Actually, it's, I do know. So uh, I have a few more questions for Iris because uh, one of the things that's really interesting about uh, the job seeking because we you know we we here at Marketing Geeks we are big fans of LinkedIn and we teach people how to really make their resume and their LinkedIn profile shine. Uh, what I want to know this this question is uh, tossing it back to Iris. Uh, tell me when you look for somebody. You looked at their like you use you you use LinkedIn to 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 find new hires, yeah? Yes, I do. Okay, so so what is that process like when you when, uh, uh, from the HR perspective? Because uh, you know we 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 show people how to game the system so they can show up towards the top of your list. But tell me what you look for when making that decision for a yes or a no. What does that look like from the moment you open your computer? And looked on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, for uh, companies, LinkedIn is great because you can build a company page and you can do it free or you can pay for it. And um, actually, my experience this year is that we save a lot of money uh, for not hiring recruiters, building a nice company page and put on our vacancies over there. So people actually apply uh, on our company page. So this is one way we recruit people. The other thing I think is very important is uh, building your network and keep in touch with your network. So I actually, I'm on LinkedIn every day. I review what people uh, put on their status updates. Some people blog, some people congratulate somebody else with having a new job. It's just building your network. So I got a lot of invitations. Are these your employees that you're reviewing or who are you reviewing on, on LinkedIn? Which people in your network? Respective employers, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I, I look at uh, ex-co-workers, ex-employees, uh, what they do, if they 
move to another company. I will sell. Uh, I will congratulate them. For our labor market, it's very important to be proactive as an HR person to keep in contact with your network. So what? What? But what's the thing that? Is, is like a definitive no versus a definitive yes for somebody like tell me what what when you're looking over these things what is the thing that kind of triggers you to go oh, i'm not going to call that person versus like oh this guy looks pretty good uh or girl like tell me tell me what though like what the thought process is behind that uh recommendations uh they sure help so I will always say to somebody who is in link, on LinkedIn and looking for a job, uh, try to get recommendations. It has to be a res, uh, an, um, recent uh, profile, it's n- a nice picture, a nice header, uh, because we have this uh, possibility to search. You know, you search in region, you search on job titles, uh, and a lot of other things. You can search, even search on skills, um, schools, etc. So we can build a whole search profile. So you have to be sure that you have have the right uh, search words, SEO. Right, keywords. Yeah, the yeah. keywords in your header and in your summary. And make your summary... Very nice. You know, I see a lot of people who just say in their head or or in the summary, like, I'm looking for a new job. Yeah, a lot of people are looking for a new new job. Say what kind of job and um, be a little bit outgoing. Like, uh, you can say what you're good at. So as we say, like it, it's uh, LinkedIn is not a place to be humble, and so you no, can, not at all. Yeah. No. So, so Justin, you were going to ask a question. Yeah, I want to ask a question. So what if somebody reaches out to you directly? So is that if somebody takes the initiative to reach out to you as the uh, as the HR person and they they express interest in uh, applying for a job that you're that you're putting out there, is that a do you take that as a positive? Is that going to uh, always 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 okay. That's yeah. Yeah, so, I always respond. Because that's, that's something that we always tell people. Like if there's a job that you particularly like, find out who the – like look on the posting, who posted the job, and then reach out to them directly and you know say, hey, I'm really interested in this. I would love to set up an interview. Please let me know if you have any questions. So that's not – that's annoying. And even when we don't have vacancy um, and people are reaching out and say, hey, I'm really interested in your company and they have special skills – uh, because specialists uh, are very rare to find at the moment, I will sure make contact with them, invite them to tell a little bit more about the self, uh, themselves and keep them in file. Huh. That's interesting. So so I guess uh, the advice that we've been giving out isn't bad after all. Yeah, it's, it's surprising. I'm amazed. That I, like, a lot of our advice got validated. I know, That's really. Cause... Wow, we're smart. <laughs> I guess we are. So, so I have a, uh, I have a so series of uh, special skills. I have a bunch of special skills. I do too, but unfortunately, they involve microwaving popcorn with inside of sex robots. <laughs> so, it's inside of sex robots. So, so uh, just to sum up, and you know, you can go back and listen to our past shows. But, but as far as LinkedIn goes, you know, fill out everything. Make sure that it's keyword optimized. Make sure that your heading really shows like the state of mastery of what you do. Uh, Iris pointed out that it's good to have like a specialty skill, something that's very, very unique to yourself. Don't have the same skills as everybody else. Keep learning. And uh, once you optimize it and you find a job that you really like, reach out to that recruiter. Send them an email. Uh, The squeaky uh, grease gets the wheel, as they say, right? right. Now, I wanted to announce that um, I have decided that since it was our first webinar, that uh, I have put up a, a replay of the webinar. So if you actually go to the website, linkedinmasterycourse.com, and you just click on the button, there'll be a button there to watch the replay. So I haven't really done any, uh, I haven't done any fancy tricks with it. I haven't put in the fake comments. I might, I might put in some fake comments. It might be kind of fun to, to talk about how great we are. But, um, but for now, it's just a replay of the, of the training. So if you'd like to check that out, you can go to linkedinmasterycourse.com and you can register to watch the replay of that LinkedIn training now. Awesome, awesome, and uh, that is uh, that is pretty uh, that's pretty cool. So you know, again, we're going to have another uh, little tiny uh, webinar of some sort, and it's going to be a, uh, a an awesome webinar. 
So stay tuned for that. Tell people all about it. If you have any questions for us, by all means. Iris, is there any uh, parting sort of uh, ideas or is from an HR perspective, the economy is getting really good here. Anything you want to like, just somebody's like perspective, like looking for a job or anything like that. Any other advice you could give people who are out there or marketing themselves, marketing their business? What do you, what would be your best piece of advice? My best piece of advice is there are several things. Uh, first, I really believe you always have to be yourself. Um, be authentic. And um, it's not wrong to make it a little bit, make yourself look a little bit better. A little puffery, as uh, they say. Yeah. As I'd like to yeah. say, resume is French for bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But Andres, always be yourself unless you're Andre Sturgeon <laughs> and you're obsessed with sex robots. Then then, then I'm gonna that. be Iris. and the other thing I really believe in is uh Build your network. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask uh, somebody to, can you introduce me to this or that person? Um, if you really want something, it will come. There you go. Create your own reality, which is something that I believe because I believe that we're also living in an artificial reality right now. This is all a simulation. So uh, we're going to do a whole show. Well, Elon Musk tells us that it's more probable it than more probable than not. It's more probable than not, according to Elon Musk, that we are currently living in a simulation. So take that as um, a fact. It's a yeah. fact. I mean, come on. Elon Musk said it's it. It's true. And he, this is also a guy – talk about reputation management. He pretty much sunk his own stock by calling a guy who was rescuing kids stuck in a cave uh, a pedophile. That was a bad move, Elon. The latest is that he's being investigated now by the um, SEC because, SEC because he uh, – he stated that he was going to take Tesla private, and uh, he put it on Twitter. And now, and I, I don't, I don't know all the details on this story, but uh, he's being investigated for that statement. And uh, yeah, if you're going to talk about company news, be uh, be a little cautious. You know, you could get Martha Stewarted. Martha yeah, Stewarted. so it, it goes back to the uh, to the whole concept of whatever you do, folks. Just watch what you tweet. Unless you're President Forty Five, then just do whatever the hell you want. Don't drink and tweet. Don't tweet and drive. Tweet with tweet responsibly. And that concludes yet another fine, fine episode of Marketing Geeks. It's been a pleasure. Please. It's been amazing. And you got the most wonderful sex robot report yet today. That's right. Please uh, tell 500 of your closest friends about us. If you really like the Marketing Geeks, feel free to donate at where is that it's in the it's in the anyway. description it's in the summary of the episode you'll find the donate link but most That's importantly right. and if you want to contact us with your questions your comments or your hatred please reach out to us at realmarketinggeeks at gmail.com that's right instead of a gmail account so realmarketinggeeks at gmail.com and send us your questions and we will address them on air from the netherlands I'm Andres Sturgeon. From all of us at Marketing Geeks, from all of us at Marketing Geeks, Justin Womack, stay classy. Thank you so much for our special guest, Iris Garris. You're more than welcome. Thank you, guys. And if you have any questions for her, I will pass them along. So uh, stay cool, everybody.